You're listening to Heart of the Hunter. Heart of the Hunter is a serialized swords and sorcery tale brought to you as part of the Coronai Chronicles series on the Bears Grove Bardic Circle podcast. Heart of the Hunter is written, performed, and produced by Sam Chupp. Sam Chupp is a storyteller, game designer, podcaster, and author living in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information about Heart of the Hunter, check out bardcircle.bearsgrove.com. Now, please enjoy Heart of the Hunter. That was wide on purpose. The next one's going to take your eye out. A young woman's voice called out from inside the outpost. This is getting annoying. I don't like getting shot at. Good day, ma'am. My name's Sergeant Peter Coldpond of the Oskins Irregulars. And I... Peter fought to control his horse as another shot whizzed past his ear. I said, go away. We don't want anything from you. We're closed. Please, dear lady. We need to speak with you. Our caravan has suffered a nail raid, and surely they must be active in the area. Alabar said, We mean you no harm. I swear this by the light that is holy. What? What did you say? I said, I swear by the light that is holy. It is not a blasphemy. I know of what I speak. I am a brother of Aelor. You're an Aelor? How could that be? So so far from home. Her voice cracked. In, in this place. Peter turned back to Alabar, his voice lowered. If she seems less likely to shoot at you, brother, I'm of mind to let you do the talking. As long as you don't give away the store if you take my meaning. All we want is a nice, easily defended place to sleep the night. Understood, Alabar whispered, then said out loud, It is true, I am here, on a journey for to bring the light to them who need it in Irontown. My father says you should wait where you are, came the voice of the woman. Aaron's eyebrows went up at that, but he said nothing. Raven, having been woken by the shots atop the wagon, looked up at Alabar. Are we going to die? She said, yawning sleepily. I was having the nicest dream. I don't think so. She seems like she's from Yar, Alabar said. The door to the little stone house opened slowly, outward. The voice belonged to a young woman. Her auburn hair was tight in a severe bun, and she wore a work tunic and leggings. Her face was thin, her eyes hollow from lack of sleep. My father says that you may camp in the courtyard, but no further may you approach the house. What's your name, dear lady? Alabar asked. Chandra, but that's not important, brother. Don't come any further, she said, gesturing with her pistol. Aaron let out a long sigh. Your father be not here, Chandra, Aaron said, his dark gypsy eyes glistening. Is he? She started to slam the door. Wait! At least let us give you some food. 
There's no way... Chandra paused in closing the door. I don't need your food. My father will be returning shortly with all our provisions for the summer. And... Chandra, he won't be, Aaron said simply. Why is that? How can you say that? Aaron turned and looked into the spaces between the trees and the forests. The shadows changed subtly, and he saw the image of the tall Yarian man. An old horse was trying to bear him through the brush, up a hill, while a pack of Tangresh and two Ogrim chased after him. He gave them a merry chase, always turning southward, drawing them out, but the horse wasn't nimble enough and it wasn't long before a tree root sent his mount tumbling, and him with it. Aaron turned back to Chandra with a shudder at the ensuing scene. Because he died leading a nail raid away from you. I'm sorry to have to tell you this so suddenly. A sob escaped her lips. You lie! He was... He's not dead. How do you know this, Aaron? Peter said, looking skeptical atop his horse. Suffice it that I know it for now, Sergeant. It is certainty, Aaron said quietly, but very sincerely. Peter nodded, accepting what he said. Very well. Miss Chandra, I think it'd be best if... The door slammed shut. The sound of a heavy bolt being thrown followed and the sobbing increased within the stone outpost. Peter turned to Gar. Gar, see if Master Factor's awake. We need to have a talk, he and I. The Sidalian nodded and went to fetch the Arandani Factor. Peter turned back to Alabar. Brother, could you see if you could get the girl to talk to you? Calm her down some. I'll do what I can, given that she's now in distress. Was it absolutely necessary to tell her so sharply, Woonjo? Alabar asked, frustration in his voice. I thought you Aelors were wedded to the truth, brother. That's all I gave her, Aaron said, defensive. There is truth and there is cruelty, and there is no way to tell whether your so-called second sight is accurate or no. Alabar began. Don't belittle my blood, brother, and I won't douse your light, Arn hissed. That's enough, soldiers. Listen to me. It'd be nice to sleep indoors tonight. We have many miles ahead of us. A girl is all alone out here, but I'm hoping that the factor... Hoping the factor would what? said Jurgen, his hands on his hips. This had best be good, Sergeant. As recent events have not predisposed me to a benign demeanor. Thank you, Gar, for getting his lordship here. Look here, Jurgen. You see that stone house? There's a girl inside there, Factor. Hold up. Arryn seems to think her pa's dead. At any rate, he ain't here. By all rights, we should take her with us. Absolutely not. Out of the question. Would eat far too much into our profit for this trip, Jurgen said, turning to move back to his wagon. Half a minute, Factor. There's sure to be a bounty. He stopped. What do you mean? 
The girl's pa was a merchant, right? There'd be a merchant guild bounty. Assurance payment, no doubt. You could letterbox ahead, find out for sure. And how does a mercenary know about assurance payments, pray tell? I can also dance a jig, sir, but it ain't my bread and butter. Very well, Sergeant. I don't see there'd be any harm in sending a message back to the mercantile. If this place is guild-bound, there should be a seal of some kind. Get me that, and I'll write an inquiry. That's all I can promise for now. That's surprisingly fair of you, Master Factor. I thank you. Okay, boys, we've got our work cut out for us. Seeing how she's already given us permission to make camp, let's set up in the clearing here, Dav. It's my turn to handle the horses. You see to making the fire. As the squad turned to their tasks, Peter climbed the lead wagon to speak to the scout. Raven, status? Does that mean you want to know how I'm doing, Sergeant? Raven said with a half grin. Yeah, you could say that, soldier. I'm fine. Could use a dinner at Cold Drake's and a nice Changi and tea house massage after. But other than that, brothers fixed me all up. I feel up to wrestling a hyena man with one arm tied behind my back. Then you be on patrol. Hit the dirt and let us know what's going on around here. I would rather not be surprised tonight like last night. Aye, Sarge, you got it. Hey, can I take Millie? She asked, grinning and gazing fondly at the black Amishkin mare. You already have a favorite horse? All right. Take Millie. Thanks, Sarge, Raven said, grinning and moving to get Millie's tack. Peter nodded and took up watch duty, his crossbow strung and loaded and ready to shoot, with a red fletch bolt in the slot. No amount of cajoling seemed to get Chandra to open her door, and after an hour or so of it, Alabar gave up and turned to, helping Dav and Gar prepare the night's meal of venison stew. Raven returned from her patrol with nothing to report save that there were clear signs Nail had been trail marking in the area. Their claw-shaped glyphs were everywhere on trees and rocks. The squad settled down around the fire to rest and eat. Peter still sat with his crossbow loaded and ready next to him, and Aaron with his Dracon pistol loaded and near to hand. Peter chewed his stew and some camp bread, washing it down with the last of the Sidalian cider. I don't understand why she wouldn't want to speak to your brother. You're practically a priest. Mayhaps she takes issue with the Aelorian church, as many have in the past, Aaron said eating his own bread. Hard to believe, Raven said sarcastically. It may be so. I know of many who've been badly treated by the High Temple. However, I think there's something else afoot here. Master Factor, did you hear from the Merchant's Guild? Nothing has been sent to them as yet. As we have not obtained the seal of the girl's father to authenticate whether he's of the mercantile, Tomorrow, we'll have to leave without her, since she clearly does not desire our help. Surely we can leave her some food, 
Alabar said quietly. Not economically feasible, I'm afraid, the vector said, eating his meal. Anyone for seconds? He asked if he, as he paused to refill his bowl. Only the crickets in the trees answered the factor, who shrugged and tucked into his second helping. Raven woke Alabar to start his shift at watch. Any word from our friend inside the house? Nope. I didn't bother her. I figure she wants to be left alone. Silly bent. It's not as if we're nailed tongues. But whatever. Her loss. I see your point, but it is a sadness that we can't help the girl. After she's lost everything. Yeah, I know how that feels. It's too bad. But, uh, I get the sense the girl's got it all thought out. How do you figure, Alabar said. Look there, Shepard. See that burned ground outside the outpost? As if someone burned it a purpose. It's flat and even. Aye, I see it. I just thought Nail had attacked her before. Yep, maybe so, but you don't get that kind of burn from anything but mage fire. I know, I've seen plenty of such burns. Friends of mine, you understand. Burned by mage fire traps. And how did they come to be burned so? Did they cross a wizard? Uh, not as such. It's a popular method of keeping your things safe, brother. I guess you don't get out much, do you? You could say that definitely. So, you suspect the girl has magic? She has something. A fire spitter, maybe. Something to protect herself with. She'll be okay, I reckon. There's got to be other caravans coming up the river road. Once we make it through to Irontown, I imagine the letters will be flying, Alabar said, nodding. Yeah, suddenly the road will be open again. Kind of neat. I remember when it closed last year. Couldn't get a Michigan Spices for a bit until they found an eastern path to Blackpool. I see. You can afford such? Well, uh, not as such, but I have uh, friends who can. I see. Well, as it happens, I have some in my baggage. I'll be glad to share if you'd like to help me put them to good use. I'm getting a bit tired of plain Sidalian cooking. It's a deal, Shepard. Good watch to you, she said. I'm sleeping atop the lead wagon. It's better than getting lost in the trees again. Good eve to you, Raven. May the light protect your dreams. Yeah, you too, Shepard. A peace offering, Shepard. Arryn said, as he came to relieve Alabar from his watch. Arryn had a mug of tea, its steam clear even in the dying light of the campfire. I'm sorry about what I said earlier. I know you spoke the right of it. I was a bit harsh with the girl. Alabar looked surprised, opened his mouth to speak and closed it again. Thank you, he said at last. I've got to remember that I'm not among the people out here. All my life, 
I've been taught to share what I know as soon as possible. Lives depended on it, you see? Alibar nodded as he sipped his tea. I can see where that would be the case, but I'm still not clear what this sight of yours is all about and where it comes from. Arin nodded. Ever since my Telltown, brother, I've had the sight. Telltown? Uh, that's the Lunargenti custom of, uh, uh, it's a gypsy custom. The Lunargens got it from us. It's a coming of age, yes, brother. No strings attached. Different tribes sending their new-grown ones out to enjoy their first taste of pleasure, as it were, was quite a night. I see, Alvar said. Ever since then, sometimes when I focus, I can see things, hear things, too. Usually there are things that have taken place, but occasionally something that will happen. Must be excellent for playing Paka. It is altogether too unreliable for that, I'm afraid. Although occasionally my aunt... Yes, I can guess. But does every one of your people have this sight? I can't speak for all gypsies, brother. But I can tell you that I do, and my aunt had a smidge of it. Now, she had the voice, too. Could freeze you to the spot with it. Bam! Like that. I see. A formidable woman. Yes, indeed. Well, Wunjo, I wanted to tell you that. Well, I, I meant no ill to you about your sight. I believe that the light gives us gifts a purpose. It's just up to us to determine what that purpose is. Ah, interesting theory, brother. I wonder if the great Gramina would share it. She's the matriarch of our tribe. She keeps the history of the people in her head. A shame she hasn't written it down. I dare say it would make a good book. Arn laughed. Yes, brother, I believe it would. But of course then, you'd have to get her to, to agree to one version of the same story, and I don't think she'd be willing. Indeed, most storytellers aren't. Well now, one other thing. Is your sight ever wrong? Never has been yet, brother. Mayhaps it will be. I've heard stories of folks misinterpreting that which they see, misreading the signs. But I've never had it happen to me. It's one reason I'm still alive, brother. Very well, then. That is all I needed. Thank you. Now, to bed for me. Aye, and may the light bless your dreams, brother. Alabar grinned. I'm surprised at you, Gypsy. You might yet make an Adlorian now. <laughs> if I do, brother, it'll be in your dreams. So best to get to them. As you wish. Good night. As Elabar walked away through the trees, Arin turned, spoke to the shadows. Well, Auntie, did I do right? night passed without incident, which was lucky for the squad. This second night on the road, they were starting to get used to the sleep patterns necessary to share the watch throughout the night. Raven didn't fare so well. 
Do we have to leave so soon? She asked, looking pitiful at Peter. Yes, we do. No west for the weary, I'm afraid. What's the matter, soldier? Having trouble with the pace I'm sitting? No, she said, and turned away. Peter couldn't help but grin as he saw her limping away to mount her horse. Aaron matched Raven as she mounted Millie and took her place at the head of the caravan. Good morning, Blackbird. Good morning, Woonjo. Steal any good dreams last night? Oh, you know, the usual. Changyin tea houses and a Michigan dancing girls. There's this place on the street of the Red Lanterns where... Never mind, if you please. Aaron grinned. As you wish. Alabar was busying himself with something at the door of the stone house before running to the caravan wagon to step up and sit next to Dav, who was driving the lead that day. "'What are you up to, brother?' Peter said, and guided Ganelon, his gelding, right up to eye-level with the shepherd. "'Just leaving a little food for our friend there. I, I will fast to make up the difference. It's no trouble.' A good Elorian should fast from time to time to remember the blessing that is a meal. No need, brother. We'll all cover the loss somehow. If anyone should go hungry, it's our dear Mr. Coldsblood. Now, let's away. The caravan was off then, the sound of their horses vanishing as they proceeded north. tongue hunting party bent to listen to the report of the Tangresh before them. A thrower of steel this one was hit by, the Tangresh said in nail, showing his now healing crossbow bolt wound. A pack of soft ones, riding and pulled by horse flesh, carrying cargo in our territory. We must obtain, we must avenge our brother Scarpa, who died fighting the soft ones. The party growled their assent in general, except for one, Agunta, who wore the markings of the hunt leader. They killed Scarpa, how then? If these be soft ones, then how did they fell the mighty hunter raider of the Agrim? The Agrim in the party never liked to show themselves weak. They growled at this, turning to the Gunta with threat in their eyes. Here, here, we know the truth of it. They used the Dracon, did they not? They used poison, the Tangress spat. I have tasted the wounds of our fallen leader just this day. Poison. Kinral, what the soft ones call nail bane. You've been listening to Heart of the Hunter a Coronai Chronicles story on the Bears Grove Bardic Circle podcast. The Bears Grove Bardic Circle is brought to you by the Fireheart Foundry family of podcasts. Fireheart Foundry also produces the Bears Grove, Dragon Ken, the podcast for kids and gaming, the Square One podcast, and Vibrant Living. Find out more about Fireheart Foundry at fireheartfoundry.com This podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons Attribution 
No derivatives, no commercial use, license 2.5. Music today was provided by the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. The songs were Green Druid by Dignity and Crossroads by Lindner. Links to these songs and their creators will be provided in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Bears Grove Party Circle and hope you come back to our fire very soon.